You are listening to the Campus Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Dinah Jansen. Each Wednesday at 5 p.m. on CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, I welcome a new guest from Queen's University to discuss news, issues, upcoming events, initiatives, and services for the benefit of Queen's students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Thanks for tuning in to this podcast, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Campus Beat. I'm your host, Dinah Jansen. I'm in studio today with Alicia Boudelier, Chief Curator and Curator of Canadian Historical Art at the Agnes Etherington Art Centre. Welcome to CFRC and the program today. Thank you, Dinah. It's lovely to be here. We're really excited that you're here with us. A lot of great stuff happening at the uh, the Agnes this summer. Um including uh, this wonderful new pilot project that you're going to tell us about uh, a little later, uh, Art Worlds, a user's guide uh, in partnership with the Smith School of Business. Um, But we'll learn about that and perhaps some upcoming events and exhibitions that will be taking place throughout the summer. Um, But before we get into everything, tell us a little bit about yourself and the roles that you play at the Agnes Etherington Art Centre. Sure. So I have a dual position. Uh, As you mentioned, I'm Chief Curator and Curator of Canadian Historical Art. In my capacity as Chief Curator, and I just reached not too long ago my one-year mark in that role. Congratulations. Thank you. I oversee exhibitions, programs, and collections at the Agnes. So the Agnes Etherington has a collection of over 12,000 art objects, and I oversee that area, and also our changing roster of exhibitions and programs. We turn over exhibitions three times a year, Mm -hmm. the two academic seasons and also the summer season. So that's what I head at the Agnes under our director, Jan Allen. Mm -hmm. And then as curator of Canadian historical art, I oversee specifically that collecting and exhibition area. So that means visual art production in Canada up to the last 25 years by artists no longer living. Okay. So so I only deal with, for the most part, dead artists. We do have three other curators Mm -hmm. working at the Agnes, and uh, my uh, Canadian historical art period ends with our uh, contemporary curator, Sunny Kerr, Mm -hmm. who um, oversees art production, predominantly in Canada, but also (laughs) internationally, uh, from over the last 25 years, and uh, also European art is overseen by our Bader curator and researcher, European art, Jacqueline Coutre, Mm -hmm. and often there are crossovers between Canadian art production and uh, European art production, Canadian art collection and uh, European collections, and then also Norman Verano is our curator of Indigenous art, who's cross-appointed as a Queen's National Scholar with, um, with the Art History Department. Oh, how wonderful. Full roster. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, just before we get into a deeper conversation about the the Art World's A User's Guide, I'm very intrigued by... uh, um, your role as a as a curator and your passion for Canadian historical art, what inspires you to? Uh, wh- why are you so passionate about it? Why do you love it so much? Why is it your career? <laughs> 
I, you know, to be perfectly honest, Dinah, I never thought I would be in this field. Mm -hmm. And when I decided to go back to school and do art history, I had a phenomenal uh, advisor, mm -hmm. um, who supervisor, Natalie Letsky, and she really inspired me to take an interest in Canadian art. And she was someone who was at the forefront of Canadian art as having a history. It's a very young art history in the sense that um, it's a history that's documented and written about. Mm -hmm. And when I was under her instruction, I got very excited about that aspect of it mm -hmm. that even though artists have been producing art in Canada for millennia um, it was something that wasn't really taken seriously as a field that should be documented until the 1970s um, and so that was exciting to me and in tandem with the development of Canadian art history, there was also the development of a feminist art history in Canada. And that, too, finding out more about women artists and mm -hmm. what they produced in Canada, and not just painting and drawing and sculpture, but also textile arts and quilting and... Uh, those other formally considered to be craft or home arts, mm -hmm. um, considering them as uh, also a valid form of artistic production. I should mention, too, that in my capacity as a curator of Canadian historical art at the Agnes, I also oversee the quilt collection and the dress collection and the silver collection. So we have a very vibrant decorative art collection at mm -hmm. the Agnes and we take those seriously as a, a form of valid uh, a valid art production in the same way that uh, an oil on canvas would be. Oh, that's wonderful to hear. <laughs> okay so a lot of exciting things are uh, uh, happening at the Agnes uh, just recently and uh, coming up uh, through the summer months. Quite recently uh, the Agnes in partnership with the Smith School of Business here at Queen's University undertook a new pilot project that I mentioned before entitled Art Worlds, A User's Guide. Tell us about this pilot project and what its purpose was. Okay, so this really got started uh, from the enthusiasm of David Saunders, dean who's the of... dean of the Smith School, mm -hmm. and he is on our board, and he, in conversation with our director, Jan Allen, um, instilled an interest in engaging the business students with the Agnes. And we were quite excited about this prospect. Uh, we have a program called Learning Through Art, and mm -hmm. we are always under that program actively seeking ways to engage students on campus. 
And the business school is an area of Queens that we hadn't quite ventured into yet. Okay. Um, you have your art history classes coming and uh, cultural studies classes and history classes, but we were interested in finding avenues to other programs, departments, and faculties that had never used the Agnes before or infrequently or whose students we don't see come into our gallery Mm -hmm. as much as others um, for whatever reason. And uh, so this is something that we developed as a team, the curators with Jan, um, and and the particular program targeted for MBA students came out of an expression of interest from Matthew... (coughs) Reeser, who uh, is a director of the MBA program, okay, and himself has uh, a personal interest in art and going to art galleries. So we came up with this program. It's five sessions, two hours long, and each session is led by a curator. Uh, or a director. So we each took one session, mm-hmm. and those sh- sessions are funneled through our curatorial areas, the exhibitions that we have on at the time, and the collections that are available to us. So we came up with this program, and I did a pitch along with Matthew Reeser to the MBA class. And students signed up for it. It was entirely voluntary. And uh, we had a good response. We had uh, 16 students initially. uh, And then uh, uh, by the end, there was like a core of 11 students. And uh, it made for an excellent, uh, small, intimate group that really allowed for deep looking at art and discussions about art. Okay. Yeah. And now you you mentioned that uh, there were a variety of different sessions led by uh, the four curators and directors uh, at the Agnes. Tell us about the session that you led. Okay. (laughs) So I led the session. I can't even remember the title of it. (laughs) Um, We had titles for these sessions. But I led the one on... um, Uh, patronage of the arts and how private collecting transforms into public collecting. Mm. And so for my session, just to map it out a little bit, we started in the Etherington House, which is the house once owned by our patron, Agnes Etherington. Mm -hmm. And it looks still like it does in her day. And originally, that's where the Agnes Etherington Art Center was located. Mm -hmm. That's where we hung our paintings, is in her dining room. And uh, we've expanded since then. And I took that location as an opportunity to talk about the importance of private patronage to public art institutions. And it took someone like Agnes Etherington to say Kingston doesn't have an art gallery or a place really to go look at art. I'm going to bequeath my home so that they do. And surprisingly, this is often the type of start 
that public art galleries have. Mm -hmm. This is finally what kickstarts it, is a private citizen or a group of citizens decides we've got to have an art gallery and we're going to fund it or we'll give you a building for it and that's how it happens. So in my session we talked a little bit about that mm -hmm. and then we moved into our David McTavish art study room mm -hmm. which is a, a, a purpose outfitted room for looking closely at art and we looked at artworks that were donated to the Agnes and talked a little bit about why these donors would have donated these works, um, why they would have collected them, why they wanted art in their homes, and then why the Agnes felt that it was important to have them. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we went into the galleries and talked a little bit more about the importance of uh, private patronage and collecting and how a collection is built. Um, taking as a particular example, an exhibition of quilts, why is this quilt why are these quilts hanging in an art gallery where normally you would think that they would be in a history museum mm -hmm. and talked a little bit about about that yeah it sounds like a fascinating session i wish i was there i had fun <laughs> i'm not an mba student alas <laughs> um so it maybe here is a little bit of a deeper question then uh, why do you think it's important that students and and people in general gain insight into how the visual uh, how visual art circulates inspires and moves people mm -hmm. where there there's the general and there's a general answer to that question you know we believe we've got it right built into our mandate that encounters with original works of art contribute to an understanding of the world and ourselves and there is truly something about looking at art and discussing art that leads to a larger conception of who we are where we've come from and also as a nexus of engagement with each other. Mm -hmm. There's the engagement that a viewer and a presenter, like the MBA students, uh, has with an actual work of art that can be quite an emotive and almost inexplicable experience. And then there's the kind of engagement that happens when we look at art together and we talk about it. It forms communities, it becomes a communal space in itself, and just the content of artworks, what they're made of, what they're about, what they're invoking, what that artistic vision is, mm -hmm. uh, enhances and propels um, our, our visions and our society. So that's the more larger general answer. Okay. Um, but I think with MBA students and the MBA program, and, you know, I'm speaking from my perspective, not the student's perspective, uh, that there are many ways in which business intersects with art, uh, from interacting with artists, from uh, private galleries, from private dealers up to public galleries and their boards mm -hmm. and funding of public art galleries and patronage that I spoke about there. And it shows to prospective business people that the arts can very much form a part 
of that world that they're aspiring to enter into and that someday perhaps they'll be collectors themselves Mm -hmm. or they will um, be patrons of a gallery. Um, And then uh, on the other end of it and a more immediate end of it is that it opens up another aspect of their learning at Queen's. Their learning, as I understand it, and I'm not an MBA student myself, but is very analytical, very driven, very intense, and uh, they are doing presentations all the time, Mm -hmm. so they know they've got that nailed down. Um, But art brings another aspect to that world, another way of thinking, and uh, another way of looking, and definitely another way of presenting. And mm-hmm. speaking of presentations, great segue. Mm. Uh, the, uh, the MBA per- student participants did have the opportunity to turn the tables, so to speak, on July 12th to make presentations about the artworks that they had the opportunity to, to uh, view, learn about, and experience. Yeah. What uh, what kinds of presentations did they make, and how might these differ from the kinds of presentations they would make a in the business world. <laughs> well, this was we just this just happened yesterday. Okay. It was so fun. And uh, it was so revealing, especially for us, because uh, the curators and, and the director uh, were there and we got to observe this. And uh, we also had a representative from the MBA program, the uh, associate um, dean, Elspeth Murray, mm-hmm. uh, attended. And uh, we also had uh, guests from our advisory board who were there. So we had uh, um, VIPs who were also ob- observing these students. And the students had three scenarios that they could choose from. Okay. So one of them was you are taking a group of VIPs through a gallery on which you, uh, the board on which you serve, whose board on which you serve. And one of those uh, members, one, one of the people, the persons in your group, expresses disinterest in an artwork. Mm-hmm you are to instill enthusiasm for that work uh, to this person and the whole group. Mm. And another scenario was you're hosting a dinner party in your home and you take an opportunity, a lull in the conversation, whatever. I'm I'm elaborating a little bit more here than (laughs) it's actually stated, but to show them a recent acquisition that you made, uh, a new addition to your private collection, Mm -hmm. and tell your assembled guests uh, about this work of art. And the other one is you are part of a corporation or business that has a corporate collection, and you are tasked with presenting a possible new acquisition in the upcoming board meeting. Okay. A new new addition to that collection. Okay. So they could choose one of those three. And they sound all very pertinent. Yes, yes. Uh, We were quite excited. And uh, nobody chose the one where you serve on a gallery board and are taking a group of VIPs around. (laughs) Really? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Maybe it was too actually in the setting that we were in. Most of the students chose 
the dinner party scenario, mm-hmm. and and then there were uh, a couple of students who chose the presentation of a new acquisition to the board. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, if I were one of these students, I feel like I made of uh, might have taken up the I'm a, I'm on this board and it's my <laughs> job to try to uh, maybe not necessarily convince somebody to like something. But uh, at least appreciate what it is and what it means to uh, other people or something like that. Because there's a really great opportunity for a wide variety of conversations that can happen. Why somebody might find a a visual art appealing. Maybe it's the the way the uh, color blends or maybe it's the image itself that sparks something in them or... Maybe why they don't like it. Oh, it's just humdrum, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) I'm sure you hear uh, from uh, folks uh, that may not be as conversant in art as you are with your background, uh, be able to just say, well, I like it or I don't. But can you explain why? Right. So, yes. And um, to to go back to... um, it being surprising that the students didn't choose mm-hmm. the scenario of uh, walking through the gallery with um, a group of VIPs. I think part of that might have been that the other two scenarios provided more room for creativity. Oh, okay. Uh, because it immersed us in a different realm. So you're in this boardroom of this. Um, you know, blah, blah, corporation that I work for, um, or here you are and, uh, in, in my palatial home and I'm going to show you this artwork. And those scenarios seem to me anyway to allow for a greater range of creative responses mm-hmm. that brought out for some of the students, they took this opportunity to do more research on that particular artist mm-hmm. and the path that that artist took and the processes that that artist engaged in. For other students, their tactic was a more immediate personal response, uh, even uh, regardless of the artistic intent, which is also a very valid one because Mm -hmm. that kind of response for the students, it was about really looking at the gestures uh, that the artists had taken, the expressive gestures, the color or colors that the artists had chosen and how that resonated with the private collector, with his assembled dinner party guests. Mm-hmm. Um, or in the more figural work, a number of students chose works in our current exhibition, Artists at Work, which is uh drawn primarily from our European collection, but also some works from our historical Canadian collection, and the show was curated by Jacqueline Coutre, our Mm -hmm. European curator. A number of students chose works in that exhibition, which are figural works Mm -hmm. that involve artists with all their props, and so the students could really look at what um, that artist is using or imagining himself because they're all men using in that show uh, using uh, as part of his artistic practice and so the entry points for the students into these artworks were um, wide-ranging 
Mm-hmm. And those two scenarios seem to allow for that and facilitate that. Okay. And also add a little bit of fun, I think, uh, as I mentioned earlier, because some of them would say, and welcome to my palatial home. We are now <laughs> in the library or my private study. Or it's, it was quite fun. Uh, mind, that the, mind the velvet ropes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy, I wouldn't mind a house like that. (laughs) So so that was quite fun, too. And uh, yeah, it was a very engaging and engaged uh, group of students. And we were just delighted with the responses that they had to these artworks. And many of these students, they had various levels of prior engagement with art and knowledge of art Mm -hmm. and uh it was wonderful to see and to hear them throw themselves into that material okay Mm -hmm. so now for uh the rest of us who aren't mba students (laughs) and may not have really fancy homes someday with uh, (laughs) a a large collection of uh, original uh visual artworks um, what advice do you have for folks who uh, are interested in art or might like to visit an art gallery but don't know how to talk about art? I don't know who this artist is. I don't know anything about their history. I can't tell what the motivations were behind some painting. Right. What advice do you have for somebody who's interested in going to an art gallery or, oh, I heard about this exhibition, but I don't know how to talk about this intelligently? Oh, well, I would encourage that person to come to the art gallery and engage with those exhibitions, bring a friend, bring your family, talk about these artworks amongst each other. Mm -hmm. We do have some tools. Uh, didactics that are available in the galleries Mm -hmm. which can be helpful to some Mm -hmm. they are labels or something that you can choose to read or not to read some exhibitions have enhanced didactics and also are accompanied by often online uh, resources or further uh, write-ups about them, more images. We have our collection mm-hmm. uh, database online, so that's accessible publicly with uh, a lot of images. And okay. Yeah, and then come to one of our season launches and then throw yourself into the mix of the assembled guests here. As I mentioned, we turn over three times a year and we're coming up to uh, our fall turnover of exhibitions Mm -hmm. and the season launch for our shows because we open so many different shows european contemporary canadian historical um and others we our season launches often draw a varied audience so you can come and have a drink Mm -hmm. uh, and speak to somebody who's next to you about art and our exhibitions are always year-long accompanied by a uh, hefty roster of um of programming of varied kinds from book clubs to talks to workshops, uh, art classes for adults, youth, and children. Uh, And we have a number of specialized programs. So that's always uh, 
an another layer of opportunity for engaging and learning more about art and feeling comfortable about talking about it. That's a fantastic response. <laughs> now, we're very quickly running out of time, but uh, while we have uh, about one minute left, and w this has been just such an engaging discussion. Uh, it's been fun for me, too. <laughs> um, we d you did mention some uh, changeover uh, coming into the fall season. So uh, we understand that there are a couple of different exhibitions that are going to be launched as of August 25th. Did you want to um, uh, give a few teasers and tell people how they can find out more about the upcoming exhibitions? Yeah, so you can go online to the Agnes website and we have our upcoming exhibitions listed on the website. We have four new shows that are opening on August 25th. One of them features the contemporary artist Tao Lewis, with whom I think you've also spoken to. Yes. Uh, and uh, another exhibition also curated by Sunny Kerr, our contemporary curator. The Hold it draws objects from our collection and in particular very recent acquisitions to our contemporary collection and mm -hmm. explores themes of movement and accessibility. We have another show drawn from our collection, this time Canadian historical, of primarily abstract and abstracted figural works called In the Present. And our curator, European art, Jacqueline Coutre, has curated a lovely um, uh, show on uh, printmakers at war, uh, artists who responded through the medium of printmaking to the First World War, the Great War, marking the... The centennial of its, uh, exactly. of the armistice. Exactly. So, and that uh, exhibition will showcase recent acquisitions, in part, recent acquisitions to our collection that haven't been on view before. So we're excited about all these shows and our continuing shows are, are, um, are up as well. We have two continuing shows on at the time. You can always come into our historical uh, house, uh, the Etherington House. And uh, there are a number of programs as well in relation to these um, upcoming shows that you can also find on our website. Okay. Well, thank you very much to Alicia Boudelier here in studio with me, Chief Curator and Curator of Canadian Historical Art at the Agnes Etherington Art Centre. We really do appreciate your time. It was my pleasure. Thank you, Dinah. We'll see you again.